Adam, you write for uh, Underdog Dynasty, the SB Nation site that covers a group of five teams, and you handle the Sun Belt for them. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Uh, how long have you been writing for them? I started actually this past uh, December, right after the season ended, and I've been pretty much handling all things Sun Belt um, since the first few months of me being there at the site. So are you a, a Sunbelt uh, alum, or what's your connection to, to that conference? No, no real connection. Just kind of like to get into um, get into the writing and get into covering teams. And I've always kind of, you know, I, I follow G5 football, just a football nut, college football nut in general. So when opening came up, I said, let me try this out. And then, I don't know, got really into it and just kind of took off. And then they were, they were kind of lacking coverage there with the Sunbelt Conference. So I just said, hey, let me let me take over this and kind of spearhead it. And then it's been really smooth after that. We've got a really good team of covers now. we got guys covering pretty much every team in the conference. So it's running smoothly. Great. That's awesome. So focusing on, on South Alabama, Adam, um, Obviously, OSU and South Alabama have never played before. It's not a team that we're you know, really familiar with. So kind of tell us, uh, I know that last year they knocked off Mississippi State, if I remember correctly. Uh, so what's different between last year and this year with this team? Yeah, um, South Alabama is a program and in their sixth year as FBS, so they're fairly new, pretty young team. Actually, since they joined the FBS, they've yet to post a winning season, even though they've been to two bowl appearances, once in 2014 and 2016. It's really been a volatile program under Joey Jones. Um, inconsistently consistent is really what they are. You don't know from Saturday to Saturday what you're going to get from the Jags. Last year is a perfect example. They opened up going to Starkville as a 28-point dog and pulled off a win over Mississippi State. And then a the week after that, they lose to a Georgia Southern team that goes five and seven at home. It really kind of gets smacked. And then a few weeks later, they post an FCS Nichols team and they have to go to overtime to beat them. Then the following week, they beat San Diego State, a team that finished in the top 25 by 18 at home. So you really don't know what you're going to get from this team week to week. Um, in the past, they've really played teams tough last year. They, uh, they won at San Diego State, but the week before that, they, got blasted by a Nebraska team that ended up going five and seven. So it's a team that usually competes well with the big dogs, but you just don't know week to week what they're going to do. Um, they've lost now set, uh, at least six games, four seasons in a row, and now seven games, three seasons in a row. So Joey Jones is entering his ninth year overall here in Mobile, but a six year as going to be an FBS program. It's getting kind of, um, and maybe time might be getting stale on him because year in and year out, coaches say that they have the most talented roster in the Sun Belt. They bring in a lot of junior college prospects each year, and they got talent at the skill position. They've got a running back, Xavier Johnson, who's going to end up leaving as the program's all-time leading rusher. And they got a front seven on defense that's really, really got some nice players, including some FBS transfers at their defensive end position. So that's pretty much what South Alabama is standing going into this game. They're a team, because of their talent, that they can give bigger teams um, some real problems. But they have a 
problem staying consistent, and that's why you see them in that six to seven loss range each season. Okay. Good to know. Never, it's never good to go up against a team. You're not quite sure what you're going to get week to week. Um, as far as the offensive side of the ball, uh, give me the one player OSU fans should should know about going into the game. Well, outside of Xavier Johnson, he's obviously the program's lead rusher. I would say Jamarius Wade. He's a junior college transfer. He just now he just played in his first game at the FBS level. He recorded uh, two catches for 42 yards, but the long was for 30, and that was for a touchdown. He was a guy that the coaching staff gushed over all of fall camp. Um, really big receiver, I believe he's about 6'5", 215 pounds. So he's a guy that they, they really like, and they think he's going to emerge as their go-to receiver. So in, and in a game like this, Oklahoma State's going to put some points up on the board, so South Alabama is going to have to air it out. And I think that's the guy that they need to keep an eye on and keep uh, bottled up so uh, they can really cruise to a comfortable victory. So I'm, obviously you said it yourself, OSU's offense is showing it's going gonna, it's gonna to put up points. Uh, it's going to put up a lot of points. Um, so on the defensive side for South Alabama, who, what's going to be their game plan to try and slow OSU down and, and which player might have the most success against the Cowboys? Well, the strength of the South Alabama defense is in their front seven. Uh, middle linebacker Daryl Sanji returns for his senior year. He was a former player at Oregon State before going over to junior college. Had 100 tackles and seven and a half tackles for loss last season. So he's really strong. But the, the key part of their defense is their front seven. Uh, they've got, got, they believe that they're about two or eight to ten deep there on the defensive line. They've got two um, power five transfers and finesse Middleton, who transferred from Louisville, and then Rosell McWilliams, who transferred from Missouri, who like man one of the end spots, and then Tyree Turner's a sophomore who's a really good looking prospect inside, had a really nice freshman season. But the best player on the defense will be safety Jeremy Reeves. He's an all conference performer last year. And against Ole Miss, he had he recorded a sack, two tackles for loss, a pass breakup. So he's the guy that makes a lot of plays for their defense, but the strength is up front. Um, they In last week's game against Ole Miss, they got lit up for over 400 yards passing, but they only they held Ole Miss to only 100 yards, 102 yards rushing, not less than four yards per carry. The, the rush defense is expected to be a strength, but the pass defense is weak. They've also a corner that was expected to be a starter and one of the better corners in the Sun Belt, Jalen Thompson. So they're starting two sophomores at that at the corner spot. So they're pretty young there, even though they do have that strong safety in Reeves. That that pass defense is going to be a concern for them all year, and that's definitely not something you want when you're facing Mason Rudolph in this potent Oklahoma State Cowboys passing attack. Okay, I was looking at the uh, the stats from the Ole Miss game on uh, Saturday. And was surprised to see, I know Ole Miss is going through a lot of issues right now, but to only see 102 yards rushing and averaging just 3.5 yards. So I think that'd be something to keep an eye on this weekend. Um, offense really kind of goes as the quarterback goes. So tell me a little bit about South Alabama's quarterback, Cole Garvin. Yeah, I think somewhat of a surprise, Garvin beat out Dallas Davis, who started 
the majority of the games last year. The only reason Garvin had three starts last season, but only posted uh, didn't post great numbers. The only only place he beat out Davis was with the touchdown to interception ratio. But Davis was coming off a uh, shoulder injury, so that may have had the big reason to do with, deal with injury. And Garvin played decently well in his first game, but like we said earlier, they're at the receiving production at the receiving position, they lost a lot off last season. That's part of the reason why the staff is so dependent on Demarius Ways, because they lost, I believe, their top five receivers from last year. So they're kind of rebuilding there. So you saw it in last game, Garvin competed completed nineteen passes, but they were to ten different receivers. So they're kind of finishing for answers there. He's not um, going to blow you up, but he's man he's manageable and he's serviceable. He usually doesn't turn the ball over, so he's not going to put you in bad spots. He's going to put that offense in good positions all night, but I don't think he's a quarterback that, can, that you can say, hey, go out and win us this game. He's more of a game manager type as of right now. Okay, okay. Um, the game is on the road on Friday in Mobile uh, at South Alabama. I've never been to Mobile. I know I don't know how many LSU fans have. What can we expect from the crowd Friday night? Yeah, I wouldn't expect a very big crowd. Usually they don't really pack it in. They're at Lad People Stadium. Um, of course, they, they host a bowl there at that game every year. Now it's the Dollar General Bowl. It's been named a bunch of stuff every season. So, I mean, it's a decent-sized stadium, over 33,000. But the South Alabama fan base, unless – their Troy's coming in. They usually don't. And Troy, that's their in-state rival. It usually doesn't get packed. And the reason the Troy game gets packed is because all the Troy fans come down. Just for example, last year, San Diego State, they only had 14,000 at the game. Now, this, the Oklahoma State name is going to be more than usual, but it's not a crazy home field advantage for the Jack there. So it should be one of the more comfortable atmospheres the Pokes play in this fall on the road. That's surprising. Usually you think when a, when a group of five team actually gets a power five school to come in, especially if you're getting one that's, that's ranked, that the fan base would show up just, you know, just at the thought or excitement of, of, of having a bigger team come in. Yeah, I think a lot of that is the stadium is a little too big for the fan base. And this is a young program. They're, they're building up. They're trying to build up and start something. But to do that, you got to start winning games and you got to, Go to bowls. You got to play big teams, beat win big games, and they just haven't done that. They haven't posted a winning season yet. And in some aspects, they're the fifth school in Alabama. Of course, you got Alabama, Auburn, but then you got Troy and UAB, who've been playing football a lot longer. And Troy, of course, has a great winning tradition. So they're really just they're really they're just trying to climb the ladder, pretty much, and trying to build up fan support. Now, you will get more of uh, a random thing going to this game because of Oklahoma State, because they want to see Mason Rudolph and James Washington. But with it being on a Friday night and with high school football going on, I wouldn't expect a huge, huge crowd there at Lab People Stadium. Okay. So looking ahead at their schedule, what, they, they went to a bowl game last year. They lost in their bowl game, I forget. Who they played? Um, what are you What are you projecting for South Alabama this year? Yeah, they went to the Arizona Bowl last year and lost to Air Force, uh, forty five to twenty one. 
Um, honestly, I see another five, this is five and seven, six and six high season. When South Alabama gets into the conference play, they have a ton of toss-up games. In conference play, I would ne- I would never say they are a big favorite on, on in any of their eight conference games they play in. All those games are going to be kind of flips of a coin. They're only going to be probably a big road uh, underdog when they travel to Troy on October 11th. So really, I could envision anything from six and two to two and six in the league, and that's really going to tell the tale of how they how they finish up. So it's a team that I could see going seven and five, or I can go see going three and nine, four and eight. It's just hard to predict South Alabama because of their volatility, because you never know what you're going to get week in and week out with them, and because of the inconsistency they've shown under Joey Jones, you just kind of kind of let the season ride out and see what happens with the Jags. 